Workday afternoon replay from Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Money FM 89.3 today on Health Suites. I am privileged to be speaking with Mr. Tan Chuan Jin, Speaker of Parliament, about his views on mental health here in Singapore and the importance of ensuring good mental health towards a better standard of living. It is a pleasure to welcome you to the show. Let's get right into it. For starters, what drives your passion on the issue of mental health? Well, I think um, for many of us, if we think about it, we have family, friends who mm-hmm. may be affected by mental health issues. Sure. And certainly as a member of parliament on the ground, one of the first things I realised was that I encountered residents who do have mental health concerns, mm-hmm. and which is why we started a team that worked with IMH to tr- sort of train ourselves up, to equip ourselves to understand how best to help our residents who may have those uh, challenges. And it pretty much grew from there. And I began to realise that it's a lot more common than, than realised. And I, I think the studies have also shown that a lot of Singaporeans increasingly are affected in some ways or other. So it's really important for us to understand the issues to help those who have the issue, mental health conditions, but especially also for the caregivers and the families. There was a time, not so much now, but there certainly was a time when it was suppressed and we didn't want to talk about it. And, and it Indeed. was... It and I, I would suggest that it's it's still there. It's better. We are Asians after all. Maybe. Um, but I think the stigma wasn't just in Asia. It's mm-hmm. across the world. It's definitely improved, but it can be a lot better. I mean, the studies show that, you know, even in NCSS, we had a study uh, one, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, one in two persons indicated that they were not so comfortable living with someone who have mental health condition or working with someone. So it shows that even despite the fact that more of us are talking about it, and it's really good to see. We see yep. the social media campaigns um, but when you actually do the studies and the, and, the, and the surveys and you really ask people point blank uh, we can do better okay. and you do need that social understanding and acceptance for us to be able to deal with these issues more effectively okay you said one in two are uncomfortable with living with someone with mental issues or working with someone living with someone working with someone did they give you reasons I can't remember whether right. we went into the next level details, mm-hmm. but uh, I thought it was quite telling. It was very because telling. It, it would seem, right, given the publicity and the uh, preparedness that we all talk about these days. But the fact of the matter is that people are still rather uncomfortable. Sure. But I think rather than see it as uh, half empty, mm-hmm. I like to think about it that it probably was a lot worse. It perhaps probably before was. That. So we just got to keep at this. Uh, okay. Programs like this, campaigns, um, it, it really makes a difference because it makes it comfortable for people to talk about it and begin to see more families who are affected by mental mm-hmm. health issues uh, being more prepared to share their concerns sure. and coming forward. And that's very courageous of them, but it's so necessary it for is. the rest of us. Because for for us, it makes us, it, we have to confront the issue. Mm-hmm. So we need to learn about it. But for them, in the past, you imagine, you find that people react in odd ways and you get so uncomfortable, you just retreat into your own shell. And you're already under so much stress uh, helping someone with mental health condition and you don't have that social support. Right. But being able to just articulate it uh, a bit more freely, I think helps a lot. And I think if you have that sense of response as a bit more empathetic and compassionate and you actually have real means of actually supporting the caregivers, I think it goes a very long way. Because mental health condition isn't just a medical uh, issue. Mm-hmm. It's very much a social one as well because that social environment is so critical. Let's talk about that impact. What are your observations on the relationship between mental health and the impact on a person's life on their family lives? It's very clear. I think when an individual has a good supportive network, Mm -hmm. I think it helps. I think we're always looking at 
Can you prevent problems from happening? And when there are concerns, can we detect early? Can we deal with it early? So I think that environment is critical because one, I think when you have a supportive environment, I think you're able to help I think provide that support when individuals face a problem. The broader support in society becomes important because it allows the family to also talk about the issues mm -hmm. and tap on some of the networks out there that may be available. And that is slowly growing. So the impact of on mental health and an individual's well-being is very much tied to the social environment. That's why you can't completely separate it and sure. say it's a completely health care issue. It's very much a social, uh, something that we need to deal with it socially as well. I agree with you. And I'm actually wondering from your glass half full sort of view, what can we do? What more can companies do to support individuals who work within the company who have mental health issues? Well, one, I think, is to educate ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes we feel uncomfortable, uh, often because of misperceptions, a lack of awareness. And mm -hmm. I think we need to educate ourselves because um, we do know that our colleagues will face stresses and concerns sure. and it's about picking up the telltale signs for one. Secondly, to have an environment where there's a support network where they could approach someone at work whether there's a supervisor or someone mm -hmm. who's assigned to look at this area of uh, concern and for them to articulate their perspectives. And then I think thirdly also for the employers to look at adjusting your work environment. When we talk about inclusive hiring, of course, we do encourage employers to look at people with special needs, different needs. Mental health will be one area. And people with mental health conditions, many of them can work as well. Oh, yes. And many of them do want to work. In fact, the surveys show that they want to be employed, they want to be able to stand on their own two feet. And that goes a very long way mm -hmm. in uh, sort of uh, impacting their own sense of self-worth and independence. But companies need to respond to that. So one is if we can become better educated, more aware, we're less stressed we can also become more aware of how we can adjust the way we do business so that we can also bring on board uh, individuals who may have some mental health conditions and they can contribute in very meaningful ways as well. Okay. We can't really speak about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, what it was like then, but there has to have been major shifts that have developed within local mental health in the last few years. It's become a very Indeed. stressful society. All the disruptions with technology and innovation... The sheer pace of life. The right? sheer pace in the, of life. In the past, you know, when we went to work and then we went home and we were not, we didn't have smart we had devices. Time with kids. Yeah, because we, we left our files back home. Even if we brought the files back after we cleared, it just stays there. Mm -hmm. Now you clear, you send it back. So we are tethered to our, and smartphone, especially in the last sure. 10 years, intensified the whole tempo of everything. Sure. And everything is amplified. Social mm -hmm. media, like for children, young people, we read of them being more stressed. But for example, in the past, when you have BGR problems, you break up with whatever. Now suddenly it's all over social media, Instagram, and that adds a lot more stress than before. So that's a reality, right? That it's not typical to Singapore, but everywhere else in the world. And with more awareness and more preparedness to speak about it, we are also becoming more aware. But it is a, it's something that we need to deal with. But I think prevention is important. So we should endeavour to see what we can do mm -hmm. to help prevent it. Picking things up early, uh, self-care is really important. Understanding the kind of stresses that we face. How do you then manage our life in this digitalized, high-paced tempo that we all operate in. I think all of us are grappling with it because it's relatively new. Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we were in the pre-digital era, right? So <laughs> hey! We, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely from the pre-digital era. And I don't think I've paused to think about, now, should I look at things a bit differently, mm -hmm. reject my approach to things um, because it's just been relentless. It has been absolutely relentless. And the thing is, you can't... And it's probably getting faster. You can't say, I'm not looking at emails after 8pm because it's impossible. And 
there you could, is an ex- you, well, you, you could you could but there might be implications but, but there might be implications and that is the fear yeah. and that is the stress because what are those implications are you going to be judged badly in the annual That's assessment right. because of it but this is where I think again coming back to companies mm-hmm. we should relook at the way we assess our people mm-hmm. do we demand that people the regular uh, 9 to 5 and you need to be in office but because we are working pretty much around the clock why don't we cut ourselves some slack right. allow our colleagues and our employees time off and they can work from home mm-hmm. and as long as deliver the outcomes why are we so fixated on some of the traditional means of assessing and evaluating a person's uh, productivity and I think that would also allow some leeway and space for people to breathe and move at their own pace and begin to operate slightly differently. So we are sometimes, I think, still operating in the old uh, economy, mm-hmm. but you know, utilizing means that are very much new economy. Sure. But I think if we are able to evolve that, that may help someone that alleviate that level of stress. That would be great. Everyone talks about a work-life balance, but there doesn't seem to be a template for every one of us to have more of a work-life no, balance. No, indeed. Uh, and I think we should endeavour to do that because I think if you're just looking for short-term success and you're driving your staff, sure. But I think what you want is sustainability. And I think increasingly, we want to work for firms where people actually do care about our well-being. And I think companies and leaders who apply themselves to it, I think there is actually a business case to be made. Mm-hmm. It's about sustainable success. Sure. And it's about engaged staff and therefore more productive uh, staff as well. So actually, it behooves us as employers to look at that from that perspective as well. Because everyone works and therefore employees can play a very big role in this. I couldn't agree with you more. Now, this is an interesting question for me because I think it's actually a difficult question to ask and a more difficult one to answer. Has there been a rise or drop in the number of people dealing with mental health conditions in Singapore or or is it that we have more information now? Well, certainly in the survey that we did in 2010, we had mm. one in eight, mm-hmm. uh, age 18 and above, who had some sort of mental health conditions. Right. 2016, we did a survey, it was one in seven, so the slight increase. I think it's a combination of several things. One, uh, better awareness, so mm-hmm. we're picking up issues early. For example, autism, sure. uh, not quite a mental health issue, but we are, we are more aware, families are more comfortable talking about talking it, about it yeah. so we pick it up more. But as we shared earlier, I think... Our life has changed dramatically mm-hmm. because of technology. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just the way it's evolved. Right. And I think that has an impact on mental health. It can have an impact on mental health if we aren't able to grapple with it. In the past, like I said, if you have a breakup and that's it, quite private, a couple of your friends know, you're a lot of stressed, but today your whole school knows about it because someone just your whole school, about your it. Your whole neighbourhood knows about right? it. And that adds to the humiliation and, uh, you know, yeah. and the things like that. So you can understand the, the pressures on young people or even older people like us. <laughs> um, it's, it's there, right? You know, so... So I think we need to we need to acknowledge that the world is different, mm-hmm. but the need to deal with this is critical. But what the survey showed also is that quite a fair number of people don't actually approach, come forward to seek help. It's getting better, but still many don't. And if you come forward early, I think there are early intervention work that we can do. So it's not just the individual. I think the families to be able to come forward. But this is where the rest of society plays such an important role because if we are more accepting, more understanding, it creates an environment where people are comfortable to come forward and don't feel that there's this stigma and they feel that's the support, people will be understanding. Right. And that's so important because when you come in early, I think that's where the medical help can come in, the psychological help can come in, and that goes a very long way. And all of us play that role to shape that environment. Okay, let's talk about a concern from an entire country's perspective. Are we more concerned about how mental health issues are affecting our young? Or are we more concerned about how mental health issues are affecting 
people of our age. <laughs> I, well, I, I feel I that. I will accept that. Yeah, I, I feel that um, mental. I think we should be just concerned uh, with mental health uh, conditions across the board. Okay. Young people, obviously, because they do labor under a lot more stress, and I think social media plays a very big part in amplification. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that we do have an aging population. A lot of us, smaller families. Um, and the world is so globalized, our children may, whatever few children we may have, may be abroad. So isolation can be a challenge mm-hmm. uh, for older people as well. And that is also something that we should be concerned about. So I would say across the board, it's just something that we need to embrace. I think sometimes just by saying that, oh, let's pay more attention to the young or the old, I think that's a bit too limiting. Okay. I, I would say that we should deal with the whole issue at hand. Uh, there may be particular concerns for the young or the old, mm-hmm. but I think... Uh, many of the issues are quite similar. Mm-hmm. But I think the moment we are able to understand the issues better, create a much more conducive environment to for people to come forward and to provide them not just moral support, but actually real support, I think it goes a very long way. And I think it's really important because this is something you can deal with, mm-hmm. you know, both through medical uh, applica- application of uh, medical help, but also the social, psychological network that can be established by the loved ones and the people around right. you. And that's really quite important. Actually, I spoke to someone who works with um, youth at risk. And Mm. one of the initiatives that he was working on was titled, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And I thought it was a great tag. And it basically sums up how we should all feel about mental health. It's okay to not be okay. Mm. You got to deal with it. That's right. And we all need to support someone who's dealing with it. And to realize that you're not alone because exactly. there are real reasons why we face some of these situations. And I think let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. if we need help, it's fine to seek help because we can get better. Talk to us about uh, your perspective on the Beyond the Label Mental Health Anti-Stigma campaign. Well, I think this is part of the effort to really help us literally look beyond the label. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, in the past, I, I could imagine when you're younger, oh, you know, and, and things like that. Or even as, a, as an MP, right? When I visit... Uh, my residents and they'll tell me that hey, you know, eighth floor this uncle man oh, no, every time you know, throw this throw that <laughs> or the child so unruly you know mm. shouting away but you know when you are familiar with the, the, what the, could be the, the situation yep. straight away you know uh, clearly there is a concern and this is where if more of us can begin to understand we stop sticking labels mm-hmm. and I think even if you have a more harmless label and say so someone may have a mental health condition but actually, that should not be a stigma either sure. because an individual with some of these conditions can be helped and they can also function ably in so many different ways. But it's just different from us. Just as we are also encouraging Singaporeans to look beyond, the, beyond to see the true me, mm-hmm. another campaign, which is also other disabilities, for example. And I think this is where information comes in. So okay. that's the whole point uh, for us to realise there's a lot more that we can learn. The more we are aware, the less... Um, suspicious, the less uh, hostile we become. And I think we become more empathetic. And I would urge Singaporeans to be involved in that space. I know it's not easy, it can sound scary, but I think it's important because we will, in our lifetime, meet friends and family mm-hmm. who will be affected. And when we understand the issues better, we are in a much better place to help them and provide that support. So actually, it also benefits us sure. because it will help us in the way we interact. And I think when, we, when you go around and look at, uh, uh, when you talk to people, you realise everyone's life is touched by this concern. Of course. Some loved one, a family, a pers- a colleague at work. So it's something that I think it's important for all of us to just 
understand and especially as, as we try to encourage Singaporeans to volunteer, do consider coming forward because caregivers need so much support. And as we participate in that space, not only can you provide that caregiver relief, mm-hmm. I think it promotes more understanding as well. And I think that doesn't cost us anything. It's just a little bit of time and I think we don't just benefit them. Mm-hmm. I do believe that in volunteering, we change as well. And I think we do become a better society. And that society, when it's kinder, gentler, more understanding, makes such a big difference, I think, for people who do suffer from mental health conditions. What do you think the biggest challenge is for us right now to get this message out? I mean, it's a great message. There's a lot of inertia because just as we are living in such a fast-paced world, we have so many things on our plate. Watch the latest Korean drama, you know, whatever it is. We we live in a very information-rich world, but we're not necessarily better informed. We're right. skimming through things, listening a bit here to form opinions and sound bites. You know, will they sit through this program and <laughs> listen to us speak for the, whatever you know, length of time? But that's the way it is. And right. that's a challenge. And, and there's so many things competing for your attention. This is, we are talking about mental health. Sure. And there'll be another charity and certain special needs, uh, disabilities, mm-hmm. uh, and over and above that, all the other trivia that we may be pursuing on a day-to-day basis. Sure. And so how do you cut through all that? and help individuals begin to focus on some things that really matter and that mm-hmm. affects people. Uh, but be that as may, we just keep trying. Mm-hmm. And I think as part of the effort with SG Cares is trying to create more opportunities for people to volunteer and help literally at a neighbourhood, at a doorstep, in areas which you may not traditionally have thought of, but could we make it easy? So whether in the area of mental health or in other areas, let's be involved. And okay. I do believe that when we become involved, that's when we become perhaps a bit more interested to find out more. And that's maybe how it starts. And I think we all want to live in a better society. We want to live in a better Singapore. Not just economically dynamic and so on, but actually a society where people are fundamentally different. And that's something we can do. When you do that, we can begin to learn about these issues. And I think seemingly charity work, helping the people who are less privileged, but the reality is in that process, we actually do build a very different society as well. All we're asking for is all of us to just take that half step forward and try and be involved, whether in a mental health space or in other spaces, and you'll be surprised. We will learn a lot. It will benefit us and our loved ones, but it's uh, not beyond most of us to do that. Chuan thank you so much for sharing some of this. You know, to be very honest, I think mental health is very important. A colleague of mine has had mental health issues and we all banded around Mm. that person. And I wish I could see more and more of that happening elsewhere. I think it's been a privilege to help you shed a light on it today. We've been speaking to Mr. Tan Chuan Jin, Speaker of Parliament, on his views on mental health here in Singapore. This is Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.